You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hello, everyone. This is Bradley Martin, and I'm just getting back from a canceled wedding. Poor Kite Man. No, I'm just kidding. I I don't care about Kite Man. I'm all for true love. And Harley Quinn and Ivy are on the Eat, Bang, and Kill tour with Harley Quinn Season 3. In Canada, I believe this debuted on Adult Swim. In the U.S., where I believe most of our listeners are, this was a hit on HBO Max. And I believe even with all the cancellations going on, Harley Quinn has been renewed, in quotations, for season four. So Harley and Ivy are on their Eat, Bang, Kill tour. You know, making love, pulling heists, doing crimes in hilarious ways. One that even involved the Queen, R.I.P. the Queen. And as they grow as a couple, Ivy and Harley, this season they need to make sure they don't grow apart from their individual selves. So Harley becomes incredibly supportive in Ivy's plan to reestablish a new Eden within Gotham. While those plans are going about, the Audrey 2 looking plant Frank is kidnapped, abducted. Harley and Ivy need to find out who would do such a thing. And throughout this 10 episode series, by doing that, they'll meet up with the Bat family. They'll have a, a fun, sexy time with the Court of Owls. And they'll, you know, cross paths with the Joker, who last season had amnesia and started a family. And we'll talk about how that's going for him as well. Now, with me to discuss the show, I don't do this type of thing alone. No, sir. I have with me first round draft pick for the Cobb Squad 2022. Kim is with us. In the house. And also someone who taught Bane how to do squats properly. Marcos is with us. Ahoy, ahoy. How's everyone doing? (laughs) So after the will they, won't they finally happened in season two, a huge problem with sitcoms and really even dramatic storytelling in general is what now? How do you guys feel that Harley and Ivy tackled this writer's problem? I think they took option C and decided to write a well-rounded, semi-homicidal lesbian couple who are very supportive (laughs) of each other. You know, uh, there were moments throughout the season where each of them took things a little too far and the other one came in as that kind of somehow the more stable person to say, hey, is this how you really, how you want to go with this? Is this what you want your legacy to be? Maybe let's take a step back, look around. And it was, it rang really true to me as what a good couple is because I felt like they could have easily... um just made this really sexualized for all the, you know, 
fanboys who just wanted to see them in bed all season or see them making out all season. Sure, there was plenty of that, but there was also really good emotional um, connection between them and that they actually got to uh, be each other's yin and yang all season. Yeah, I agree with that entirely, Marco. Uh, so I, out of, I, I am weird confession. I don't like sitcoms most of the time. Um, I think a lot of the times once they, like, they drag this will they, won't they for, I mean, in this show, it's only two seasons, but I mean, like, um, I don't know, Big Bang Theory or whatever, it's like eight or nine. So I don't do sitcoms most of the time. Um, so I will say that even of the sitcoms I've watched, this show handled what happens after that a lot better than movies and a lot of other sitcoms. Cause it, it kind of went into relationship dynamics, like power dynamics of trying to support your partner, even when you're going through opposite goals and trying like how much space is too much space. It was kind of fun to see on screen where it was just kind of like, um, wow. Like, thank you for, I don't know, doing something a little bit different this time around. Like Kim said, something, absolutely. Something really fun that they would sprinkle in occasionally is Harley Quinn is a, um, a therapist, a psychologist. So she should be able to handle these interpersonal relationships. Uh, she, and she she does it a good job. She does she is really excitable, which I think is her um, one quality that maybe Ivy isn't as excited to, to have. But she's extremely excitable. But at the end of the day, she is still a doctor, and so is Ivy. So they're both intelligent women, and they know how a good conversation, a good relationship should go, even though they have their moments. So yeah, definitely agree with um, both you gentlemen that. It was well written this season, and I love that they did not drag on the will they want they for five seasons. I also dislike that. Somewhere along the line, maybe it was from the beginning. This show became about relationships because I mean it's paralleled everything that we see in this season with um, Batman and Catwoman's relationship for at least half the season. I feel like, well, maybe the entire season, depending. That's something that needs to be included, though. I think for a adult cartoon. Yeah, it, for sure. it definitely separates it from a children's cartoon. Um, well, that and the cursing and the violence and, you know, the sex <laughs> and all that. But also the, the maturity level of it. Yeah. Relationship dynamics. Yes. A lot of relationship dynamics this season. Not just between Ivy and Harley, played by Lake Bell and Kelly Kuko magnificently, as always. But um, I think my favorite one that was explored was between Bruce and Selena. Uh, Bruce, who still has mommy and daddy issues, to put it lightly, making it Selena's problem. How did you guys like that relationship? And were there any other relationships you really loved that were explored this season? I did not mind. I actually thought Catwoman was more right in that situation. She just wanted some space and he was... You know, if you tell your partner, I just want some space, I'm going to go back to my place for a couple days, let them have their space. But Batman is just really clingy, which was one of the dynamics of him this season that was um, interesting. And I don't know if it's been explored in any other movie or Batman TV show, how, how his trauma losing his parents made him clingy i mean obviously they turned him into a superhero and a justice vigilante and all that but they also would probably make him pretty clingy in relationships and afraid of abandon abandonment and all sorts of things like that so this show actually delved into that and it was pretty fun to watch 
as far as other relationships this season that um, were pretty fun, um, even though this one was short-lived, it was hilarious. Uh, Mrs. Freeze and Swamp Thing got together, <laughs> you know, she got all up in his vines, and that was a really funny episode. Um, episode five, it was, they went to New Orleans, which was I also enjoyed because I recently went to New Orleans, and so I was kind of uh, enjoying all the little local references like the beignets and Cafe uh, de Mon and all of that type of stuff. So that was a fun episode. I always love when a series kind of um, will take its characters and put them in a completely different environment and we get to see how they work there. Um, and kind of playing off of that episode, the characters are out of town for episode six. And we can come back to that later, but I did like how they did that, that in episode five, they went to New Orleans and they didn't come back for episode six until the very, very end. So we got to follow a different character. Um, but as far as other relationships, did you have any, Marcus? Um, not really a relationship as much as Batman's relationship to himself. Because um, there's that trope going around that of like, how many times can you see his parents die? Like, mm -hmm. because they keep remaking Batman. So it was really... I don't know if the episode started as, like, we're going to do the, that scene over and over again, uh, the redundancy of it, or if it was always the well-written episode that it was, but that was my favorite episode of the season, like, just delving into Batman's, like, uh, that he keeps living it over and over again in his head kind of thing. I love these, I'm just going to call this an Elseworld tale, because it's the only time when our, our boy Bruce actually gets to explore himself and actually walk towards closure. Like the comic runs, which I also love, they're terrified of doing shit like that and messing with the status quo, I think. So seeing shows like this, like I remember Lego Batman gave him closure and I would hold this far superior to Lego Batman's writing. And I love Lego Batman. Harley Quinzel again in that episode, pulling out her master's degree and really being a therapist again is it's like profound. Mm -hmm. I've been in a relationship with 16 years and I was even taking notes like, oh shit, I'm, I'm clingy Bruce. I would buy my wife cats and give them strong Christian names like Thomas and Martha. As you should. <laughs> yeah. And great performances, of course, all around. Uh, Tony Hellback is Dr. Psycho. That shouldn't be a spoiler. We all saw that coming. Yes. I love his, just the worst kind of incel. You know, that actor Dr. is just Psycho. so talented. Um, I love watching him be a misogynist in this show because I I first uh, took notice of him in Veep where he was pretty much simping for the vice president of that show. And it was yeah. it was just really funny hearing his voice do all of these different um, – just play a completely different character than the one I've seen him in before. Um, but speaking of going into Batman's head and kind of sorting out his – parent issues we got to know the bat family this season uh last season we were introduced to kind of the origin of batgirl who um is the commissioner's daughter and her and harley have their own kind of dynamic going on where batgirl wants to be harley quinn's friend and harley quinn is like no you're a good guy we're not friends because harley quinn this whole season is kind of fighting against she doesn't even want to be an anti-hero. She just wants to be a villain, known as a villain. But she's such a good person. Um, sure, she'll kill people and, you know, smash their heads in and all this. But at the end of the day, she's still a good person. And so 
when it comes to her being put in a room with other people who are actually villains, um, it really holds a mirror up to her and, and shows her like, oh, I'm not, maybe I'm not as villainous as I thought I was. And she, she doesn't like that. Most people want to be a good person. Harley wants to be a bad person. And I think that's hilarious. Um, but we, we were introduced to Batgirl and they have that kind of, well, they won't, they be friends dynamic because Harley's fighting against the good side of her so much. Um, and then Nightwing is introduced in episode two, voiced by Harvey Gwellen, uh, from probably most known from what we do in the shadows. If y'all, if anybody hasn't seen that show, such a good show. And I'm really happy for Harvey, Harvey to be getting all of this work recently. He did a good job playing Nightwing. Um, he's introduced doing a voiceover about coming back to Gotham and that's immediate. just, they, they, the show is so good about calling out tropes that are been there, done that. And they do that uh, with his introduction. He's doing a voiceover of, you know, Nightwing's back in Gotham. The streets look the same, just, you know, this long monotone voiceover. <laughs> yeah. And then Harley Quinn pops out of nowhere and it's like, F yeah, like we're back Gotham and like steals his car. And it's just the funniest introduction to a character. <laughs> Um, and that, that all happens in episode two, uh, the Bat family and the Harley's gang also get trapped in an escape room. I thought that it wasn't my favorite episode, <laughs> but it was a very fun episode. Um, Nightwing kind of has a moment of, uh, panic where he doesn't really know his place in Gotham anymore or in the Bat family. So that, it was just really fun watching all the that the two different uh, teams come together and seeing how each of them have their own issues, but one is trying to be all good and the other is trying to be all bad. But at the end of the day, they kind of are in the gray, gray area. Both of them are, and they just don't realize it. I mean, also in general, just like the idea of the Riddler having a uh, trap room, an escape room kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would no, actually I was going to say I'd go, but then, the losers die, so I think those stakes are just too high, too high for me. <laughs> I don't think you got much of you won. Wasn't it just a t-shirt? Uh, it was a DM. t-shirt and a mug, but only thirteen characters. No, like no more than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a specialty mug. But um, oh, and then of course little Damon, little um, Robin, the new Robin, um, mm. who's just cute adorable that voice actor every time he shows up and he's always sassy i want to say grant morrison invented damien and people have loved and hated him throughout the years and so i think he's really well done Mm -hmm. and i hope they do more of him next season every season i feel like he's more or less a cameo when he comes in he'll say a couple preteen lines to his dad and then he'll be out of the scene and it's (laughs) like no come back you're you're adorable i want to see you fight crime and do stuff (laughs) And Bruce as a father is so, not absurd, but like rich guy absurd. He's like, I'll I'll make you a sandwich, Damien. He's like, no, you won't. He's like, well, I'll tell Alfred to make it. Same thing. <laughs> Alfred, yeah, same who is a superhero now. I almost yeah. completely forgot the <laughs> fifth member of the Bat family, uh, the Macaroni. Yes. That's not what is it comics. that he rode like a one of those tall big wheel bicycles yes. or something? Was that in the comic books? I'm not a DC no. person. Okay, so they completely just made up that for the show, and it's hilarious that he I'm rides sure a tricycle did, yeah. and has a four foot tall, like a giant one, powdered wig on to fight crime. The, 
they've given Alfred the backstory that he's like an uh like a former British agent and stuff like that, but they've never been like he's the macaroni or talked about that character ever <laughs> existing, as far as I know. So this show is kind of taking liberties with the comic books, which is you know completely fine. Yeah, uh, I don't think they've done anything that's so outside of the box that fans would revolt, or if they have, it was done in a in a good in like a well written way. So they were like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I'd like to talk about my favorite episode, which was episode six, The Joker, The Killing Joke. Uh, I kind of alluded to it earlier when I talked about Harley Quinn and Ivy being out of town for season for episode six. Um, while they were out of town, Joker decided to have his own um, adventure. Uh, he has a family now. Little uh, Benicio is his son who he cares about deeply. He goes to the PTA meetings. He's really involved in their school. Uh, I don't know really how Gotham runs their city, but sure, I guess the the crime lord of the clown. What is it? The clown lord. The clown prince of clown crime. Clown prince of crime. He could be head of PTA yeah. if he wants to be. It's fine. He could be Robin Banks at <laughs> one, pick, pick up its kids at three. That's what the show is telling us is happening in Gotham. And I'm fine with that, I guess. Um, but that was a really funny episode just watching him because they open it with a 90s, like a full house theme song about the Joker. Um, so that was really fun to watch. And I think they pulled, I, they pulled some of the wording from a former episode there's a song called what joker do yeah like, like joker, joker do. do in episode three that was hilarious and they reuse it in episode six so i guess it's just his theme song now um so yeah that was my favorite episode i really like i don't even know who voices the joker but he's that's uh alan tudyk voices the joker oh, and wow. he does such a good job uh with the yeah. voice um but yeah, the comedic timing is really on point. And just the absurdity of this known mass murderer, crime lord being just led into elementary schools to do whatever. Um, and then also, of course, running for office was really, really funny in episode six. Marcos, you got a favorite episode? Did you say it was Batman Begins Forever? That was yeah. mine. What's yours? Yeah, no, no. That, that, we, we kind of already talked about it, that it was Batman Begins Forever. Yeah. I just liked the uh, delving into... Uh, kind of the the psycho. I, well, I mean, I, I don't know. They always say that superheroes are basically mentally unwell. Like it's just something that never gets explored. Well, whenever we you watch an Iron Man movie or whatever, um, but in this character, you you delve into it where it's even like, uh, when was the last episode that they went to someone's mind? Was I think it, it was season uh, one. They went into Harley's mind. Okay, so they went into Harley's mind, and it was less messed up, like than Batman's mind. Because it was just like, it's like there's nothing to grab here in Batman's mind because he's just living this core memory over and over again. And it just get goes into that where it's just kind of like, I don't know, it reminded me of this one issue in the comics because uh, I'm not the biggest Batman fan, but I was a big Green Lantern fan once upon a time. And uh, Green Lantern gives Batman his ring and he's like, hey, this helped me move past my father's death. Maybe it'll help you move past your parents' death. And Batman gives the ring back, and he's like, nah, can't let it... I need to hold on to it, because it makes me who I am. And it was kind of like an interesting thing, where it was like, well, yeah, that's kind of what we're seeing here in 30 minutes. That idea of, like, he holds on to it, and then it kind of feeds his anxious attachment style with Catwoman, um, and then how hard he leans on Alfred all the time, kind of thing. Where It was, just, it was an yeah. interesting... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that was also my favorite episode for similar reasons. And uh, as you said earlier, Kim, I love that Harleen Quinzel gets to use her actual expertise in an episode that isn't just all violence, but her mind as well. She's incredibly well thought out character. It's amazing. So we're going to jump into our final thoughts and have a five minute or so spoiler section after our final thoughts. Uh, Marcos, would you lead us, please? So um, I this show uh, takes a weird turn kind of this uh, this season, just in the sense that it's more, it is focused on relationship dynamics. I would say the first season is focused on the Joker being the bad guy and getting out of that. The second season is dealing with the five crime bosses of Gotham kind of thing. So it just becomes this thing where this one just kind of slows everything down. And it's not bad. It's just different. And once I got into the groove of it, I had a lot of fun this season. Um, the We've went all the way through this review and we really didn't talk about how um, one of the most interesting arcs is the Joker runs for mayor and wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you have just all these different relationships also for most of the series. There's, uh, Mr. Freeze's wife and how she deals with like being newly single, uh, Batman and Catwoman. There's also, uh, obviously Harley and Poison Ivy. And even though there's a brother dynamic duel that doesn't really get a family thing, uh, between King Shark. So, I mean, there's so much gold, um, Fuck, we didn't even talk about Billy Bob Thornton and Clayface and yeah. <laughs> that whole arc. So there's so much here, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to give it um, 8.5 out of 10 uh, accounts of tax evasion. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Kim? Um, well, I completely agree. They were all – this season was a lot of um, kind of standalone episodes, uh, there wasn't really an overarching theme. Well, I guess the overarching theme was um, Ivy, Poison Ivy, is, has decided to really lean into her supervillain status. And uh, she's trying to terraform Gotham. So that's part of the reason Frank was kidnapped. Uh, so there is kind of that going throughout the episodes. But the only person who really cares about Frank being kidnapped is Poison Ivy. The other characters uh, have their own... Uh, thing going on in each episode uh, which is why they're all kind of standalone but also kind of have a overarching it's it's a really interesting um, situation with that but overall I really enjoyed all the new characters that were introduced something I really enjoy about this tv show is I feel like they're playing really fast and loose with what universe they're in in episode one they introduce Amanda Waller which I thought was really fun and I was like oh are they going to be doing a suicide squad arc the season uh you know is the gang going to get put in the suicide squad and it was like no she's just kind of doing a quick cameo and they're mentioning the suicide squad um and harley i think she said it at one point she was in it but she wasn't in it or they kept inviting her so they're not in the dc universe but then in other episodes they'll talk as though they were They'll bring up they'll bring up things that happened in the movies like they were there. So I I I kind of <laughs> like that they're playing fast and loose. I don't I don't care as long as they keep it fun, which they are. Um, like I said earlier, I love the relationship between Harley and Poison Ivy. Um, it's really nice to actually see um, a, a lesbian or a, a gay relationship play out, and it's completely the same as uh, a hetero relationship. They're not. They didn't pull any attention to it. They didn't put any extra attention to it. 
um, which is how it should be. So I respect the show a lot for doing that. Uh, we briefly touched on the Sharkly Adventure episode, um, which was a lot of fun going back to the uh, King Sharks underwater area. So final thoughts really are great, great season. So many new characters we met. We got to really get involved with the Bat family, which I enjoyed. And um, at the end of the season, there are some twists that a lot of people didn't see coming. So stay tuned for the last five minutes so you can hear about these twists if you want. I'm going to give it nine out of ten Villy Awards. <laughs> so for me, I love the comedians in this voice cast from Alan Tudyk to Kelly Kugo, who is starting to become my absolute favorite top tier Harley Quinn. Oh, Even wow. above Margot Robbie, who was incredible in The Suicide Squad. Uh, Lake Bell, I've always been a huge fan of as well. So I love hearing her as Ivy. Uh, early on, I thought, oh, this is the season where it just exists to exist, you know, because it's popular. But as each episode passed and as more of the jokes came rolling in, and even the where's Frank, who kidnapped Frank uh, plot played out, I was hooked just like I was with season one and two. And uh, the reveal of who ends up being the culprit behind Frank and why he was kidnapped, that blew my mind which we will get into shortly now. So I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 Joke-A-Fish. <laughs> and we are now starting our spoiler talk. I'll start with, oh my gosh, Bruce Wayne kidnapped Frank to resurrect his dead parents and then does so and then doesn't see the error of his ways at all for like a whole two episodes. Yes. So we were concerned about Batman in episode eight. I became extremely like red flag concerned by episode nine when he had his plant zombie <laughs> parents walking around his castle or his mansion with him, introducing them to his son as if it was normal. And again, his son, the most adorable kid actor ever could care less he's like oh my dead zombie grandparents yeah whatever i'm playing my game boy uh, but so yeah and then poison ivy also doesn't see any at first she's like oh this is not good not only is bruce wayne's parents zombies sh they can spit out zombie goo that turns other people in the plant zombies which is horrifying like i i thought the worst thing that could happen is being turned into a zombie but being turned into a tree before you're turning to a zombie sounds way worse. And that's when Harley Quinn works with the Bat family and Barbara Gordon especially to kind of be the reason the day is saved. Yes, in going against Poison Ivy. Uh, in closing out this review, uh, my absolute favorite joke, and please share yours. You know, Harley Quinn in Bruce's mind tells little Bruce, Hey, you know, maybe next time when you want to help out your city, instead of punching the homeless, you make affordable housing. And little Bruce says, people have to pay for housing? All confused. <laughs> I loved that joke. Do you guys have any favorite bits or um, moments before we go? So it's like actually one of the last moments. It's going to be that um, – so everything that Batman does is – generally illegal like you're using money from <laughs> yeah. the wayne corporation to fund the bat like it, it they literally like he literally pays morgan freeman to cook the books in that movie so in general it is always <laughs> yeah. it has always been illegal that he is batman so i thought it was hilarious that like 
of all things, there's a role reversal where the Joker gets to throw him in jail for tax lawyers. Oh, yeah, that was so funny. (laughs) I think mine is the conclusion to the Bane pasta maker joke that's been going on. (laughs) Bane gave uh, Poison Ivy and Kite Man a, a really expensive pasta maker for their wedding. And when they didn't get married... He, he, in the first episode of this season, demanded to have the pasta maker back. Meanwhile, the the Harley Quinn crew was all eating pasta on the couch. So, and they're like, what pasta maker? We don't have that <laughs> while eating spaghetti. And all throughout the season, at least for like a minute, every other episode, we would see Bane and he's just trying to get his revenge over this pasta maker. He tried to like blow up their home and he's, you know, just whatever he can do to ruin their day. He's just trying to get his revenge. So in the last episode, one of the plant monsters is about to spit on Bane and turn him into a plant zombie. And Harley Quinn jumps in front of the spit, not for Bane, but to get Poison Ivy to stop destroying the city. But Bane is like, oh my god, Harley, thank you so much. I completely forgive you guys for the pasta maker now. You sacrificed your life for me, so we're good. (laughs) And I don't remember the exact words, but I just remember that was so funny that he really thought she gave like two F's about him or that pasta maker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and that's a wonderful performance by Bane. Uh, well, by James Adamian as Bane. And a quick shout out in closing to the character Commissioner Gordon, once again being played as pathetically and hilariously as possible by Christopher Maloney. So, yeah, oh. that. Random note, random joke that I yeah. just remembered because it's in like the first episode, maybe the second, where um, Harvey Dent keeps betraying the commissioner, and he's like, yeah. "Are you not aware of what my name is?" 